I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Roker Report, episode 32, discussing the Titanic clash that was Sunderland vs Swansea City. Another dreadful feast of poor football and lacklustre efforts from the majority. Uh, precious few people really capable of showing us they actually want to play football in the, the privileged jersey of, of Sunderland AFC. Helped along today by the soothing sounds of some writers from Roker Report. Fresh from a hard night of debauchery, we've got Gav, we've got Jim and we've got Graham. Uh, hope your Sunday isn't too hungover, lads. We're going to start with the mm. match itself. Um, Jim, I'd like you to start us off, mate. The the wallpaper that pasted over the, the, the hull cracks, has that uh, come off the walls already? Or what do you make of the game? Well, I've got to say, I think that first 45 minutes was some of the worst, most gutless football I think I've ever seen. It was awful. It was absolutely dire. I mean, Alan Shearer tore us to shreds on match of the day, and rightfully so. Um, I thought they were, they were absolutely abysmal. I mean, obviously, Jordan... Pickford won't be very happy with um, the way he dealt with that that ball in. It's very, very few mistakes he makes, but he should certainly do better. Um, I thought Jason Denier was, was pretty poor for the short amount of time he was on the pitch and then only to be replaced by someone who is possibly the most annoying footballer I've ever seen in Darren Gibson. He is so poor. I mean, he, he makes Jack Rodwell look like a, an impactful midfielder. Um, I just thought it was really poor. They were slightly better, slightly better in the second half, maybe. Um, I'd say maybe only Didier and Dong escaped with any credit. I mean, he did look to close down at times, but when you're closing down on your own and you're surrounded by people who are just walking about, it's, it's just pointless. I just thought the whole atmosphere inside the ground, the ha- atmosphere with the fans was 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 dire. It was, it was really really poor. I know. I looked at the attendance and. Um... It wasn't thirty eight thousand, yeah. was it? it? It was listed as thirty eight thousand. I agree, though. I, I, I think maybe looked like thirty to me. Yeah, it, maybe even less. And all there were so many empty seats, and really, you can't blame anyone. I mean, Gav, what did you think? Was it was it that bad to warrant people staying away, or are we just overreacting? What's what's going on? Uh, no, well, when you think about the game in in the context of Sunderland, it's just another 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 game where we have to go along, pay our money, and, and watch a group of players we don't like, we don't want to see, and we don't really care much for, and which in the majority they'll all be gone uh, come the end of the season. So I think, I think from my perspective, I didn't go. Um, my, my reason for not going was that I couldn't be asked. Literally couldn't be asked. I thought <laughs> I'd been out all morning, um, busy all morning with, with bits and bobs, and it was like, right, right oh, God, the match at three o'clock. Uh, no, it is, I just want to sit on the set and I'll put it on the telly. That's what I did. And I, and I had no I had no uh, hunger to, to be there. I thought, you know, it was pretty obvious what was going to happen. Swansea needed to win the game uh, desperately to to obviously help them towards survival, mm-hmm. which they've since secured. Um, so you know, it was pretty obvious what was going to happen. I, I thought I thought they would have too much for us in the air on set pieces, uh, which is exactly what happened. And I just thought, you know, waste of time. Really, I'm just going to sit there pissed off watching players like Fabio Barini swan around and with a scowl on his face because he clearly doesn't want to be here. Right. You know, why 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 should I take time out in the afternoon to sit there and watch that? I'm just I'm 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 done with this group of players. Not one of them yesterday came out of the game with any credit and I'm a big fan of Jordan Pickford and Defoe, so you know, they're allowed off days I guess. Um but I just thought nobody came out of that with any credit whatsoever. 
to see the manager scuttle off down the tunnel straight away at the end, refused to, to acknowledge the fans at all, was cowardly. Um, and I, I will probably get on that later. But I mean, it just shows you how far away these are these people are from from the fans in terms of you know mm-hmm. respect and and just we aren't close. It's almost a year to the day. I think give or take two or three days since we beat Everton last year and and uh, sent Newcastle down to secure our own survival. And to then contrast that day, the, the, the feeling that the fans had, the fact that you couldn't get a seat in the ground midweek, mm-hmm. just a brilliant atmosphere. We felt like we were going places. To today, or sorry, Saturday, when stadium's half full and the players don't give a shit and we've got absolutely no hope that the manager can turn things around, I just think... You know what the hell has gone on the last year? It's 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 really drove the passion out of me. I mean, to an extent where I won't attend games. I I, I I've never been like this. You know, I'm just waiting for the season to end. I'm waiting to get into that into that pre-season now, just so I can be talking about players leaving and bringing in people who want to be here. Yeah, it's 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 desperate, mate. And I just think I just think yesterday was the culmination of a horrible, shitty season that. None of us really want to um, want to continue any longer. It's it's pretty poor. And it was yesterday was about as bad as it's been all season. We've had some pretty bad days. It blows my mind. The you know we look back the whole last week. We actually looked like we had a little bit about us. There was some fight. There was a little bit of swagger. Graham, what do you think the difference was made between the the game against Hull and I mean just what went wrong with with this game against Swansea? I think Hull are quite shite. <laughs> to be honest, um, I think Colour, I mean, if you get beat off us twice in one season, there's some at tomorrow there. I think Swansea are actually pretty decent. I think it was just, it was the manner of how easy it was for them to put us away. Um, it, it, like, they didn't even break out a second game. I mean, they've got good players like Sigurdsson, Laurenti. They, they are good players, but it's not like they really broke a sweat, is it? And I think it, it's just the atmosphere around the entire club. I mean, ah. Obviously, I travel from Glasgow, so it's different for me. You can probably understand me not going. But when, when Gav's saying he's not going, and I've got other people similar like that, I mean, when I said I wasn't going to the game, I obviously offered the ticket to my dad, offered it to my brother, and I offered it to about six or seven people, and it was like trying to give a deadly disease to someone. No one wanted it. Like, it was like, oh, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to. No, why would I want to go to that? No, just just waste it. And, like, I wasn't going to waste 40, 50 quid in a train down and, because you just know what's going to happen, and then the the difference between the whole game and uh, Swansea, I think, I think Swansea look like they've held their nerve the past few weeks. To be fair to them, from their side, but and and, and Hull probably shit the pants a little bit last week, and they are pretty crap as well. Um, and I think even then, you look at last week, look at the amount of saves Pickford made last week. We could have quite easily been beaten last week as well, if we're totally honest. Quite easily, I think. You know, when when Billy Jones is scoring diving headers, maybe the luck's just on your side. And uh, generally, we were still pretty crap last week, I suppose, in 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 hindsight. But um, it's the whole atmosphere around the club, and you, you know, it it takes an awful lot to get the fans in the manner they're at now. I mean, how hard is it to get Sunderland fans to get so apathetic that they don't actually want to go? I mean, I've lived three three four hours away. Um, and I'll get up every morning on my day off, go and watch Sunderland play, even despite how bad the past five seasons have been, because it's what I want to do. But I can't think of anything worse than travelling three hours on the train and mulling over that crap, like, consistently. Like, what's the point? Like, I, I can't stand seeing Moise's stupid little face. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to go on a rant, but, I, like, I just, I hate them. I hate almost every one of them. Defoe and Pickford aside, and probably O'Shea. I've got time for O'Shea, and... But like out the place I played on Saturday and that manager on the board, I just I, the majority I just can't stand them to the point of like despair. Uh-huh. Mm. I think so many people are, are disappointed as well because I mean you can look back to the the record low season and the the yo yo club of the the early two thousands, but we knew we were rubbish then. <laughs> we knew there wasn't any investment. We I... knew that th- there just wasn't any quality in the club to keep it going. But here we we have. Players who are supposed to be quality. We've got Jermaine Defoe, you've got Adnan Yanazai, Wabi Kazri, Lamina Kone, Kirchhoff when he's fit, Catamull. All players with loads of Premier League experience and still somehow something has like sucked, like Graham says, it sucked the enthusiasm out of the club and it is extremely difficult. NBCSN ran that show about 
how passionate the fans were on Wii side. It's a far cry from that at the minute. And, mm-hmm. you know, one thing we're talking about, the apathy and how the fans can't be bothered. There is a worry, though, and this isn't the first time we've heard this, but there's a worry that the, the apathy and the fight has sort of diminished from the players as well. We heard a few weeks ago that uh, there was a couple of players who'd allegedly sort of removed themselves from the firing line by sort of concocting or, well, I guess you've got to put that in quotation marks, concocting injuries just before a game. And again, we saw two injuries very quickly into the game. We saw uh, a be removed fairly early and then uh, Jason Denier also removed. <sighs> Enough to justify a half-time change with a really injured... Jim, what do you think? Allegedly <clears throat> injured or injured or just desperate to get out of the firing line? What do you reckon, mate? Well, uh, probably a bit of both. I mean, someone like Victor be He's got such a bad injury record, you wouldn't put it past him, would you, to, to have picked up an injury. But it just looked like the manner and the body language, it looked like they just, you know, they thought, oh, this is an easy way out here. This is this is this is a, an excuse for me to get off the pitch because no one was enjoying it. Um, as Graham said before, like the, the apathy and the, the disinterest of the, amongst the fans, I've never seen it like this. I've never been so I think like after the match on Saturday, I was I was furious. Like I don't know, I, I got really, really pissed off purely because of the way David Moyes handled handled himself at the final whistle. I thought that was probably one of the most cowardly acts for a manager. I mean, he knows how bad we've been this season, and in my opinion, Callum will like to hear it. But I mean, it's his fault. Moyes is the reason that we've gone down. This team may have gone down anyway. You know, they're not the best, but they're better than twenty four points or whatever we're on. Mm-hmm. You know, the manager's been dire. Um, and just to scuttle off down the down the tunnel, and what he say in his post match, he said, "Lord, I didn't want to make it any worse, so I just get myself down the tunnel." Oh, jog on, that's awful. Yeah. I mean, Paolo De Canio was an absolute nutcase, and he was a terrible manager. But at least at West Brom, you know, he walked out, he faced the fans when he was when you know the team weren't performing. To scuttle off down the touchline, I think, is absolutely pathetic. It really is. Yeah, I agree. I think um, a lot of the sort of the unwillingness to fight, so to speak, or the apathy generated from Moyes, it is worrying. Though, I mean, Gav, you, you've heard these rumours as well that a couple of players aren't, aren't well, they're not buying into it. Obviously, into whatever David Moyes has at the club, because there's been very little in the way of, of joy and cheerfulness mm. from results. But is it a worry that the likes of Denier and Anitra be are pulling out so early? And you can't ever say that they were faking injuries. But we saw Victor Anichibi this week on social media posting pictures and videos of himself packing his house up ready to leave the, the area, presumably. So for him just to sort of saunter off halfway through the first half, what did you make of it, mate? Uh, well, they're off, aren't they? So why should they care? Why should they, they play in their heads anyways? that's I think that's how some of these, some of these players are probably thinking, is, well, I'm off soon and... This is a waste of time, and we're getting beat. And what's the point? A bit like the fans, really. Apart from they get paid, so they have to they have to do the job. <laughs> um, I mean, Anitrabi is a funny one. I, I don't want. I, I, my 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 first impression when I saw him and Denier leave the pitch yesterday, when they did, um, was I just didn't buy it. And I don't know whether that's just because I'm so pissed off with everything and the way the season's gone that I'm, I'm you know, readily. I, expect that to happen that these players are feigning injuries and things like that but mm-hmm. I just I just didn't I didn't I didn't know I didn't know how I, I still don't know how to make me mind up on it because yeah. we did hear before the Bournemouth game that uh, these two players in particular there was a rumour that they picked up these mysterious injuries the night before or whatever which should force us into a, into a team selection change I think bloody Pienaar played centre mid with Ndong or something didn't yeah. he um, so it's it's you know what what do you believe? It, I wouldn't put it past any of them to be honest if it was true because I, I just think they're a, they're a bunch of spineless twats really, and right. none of them none of them have played like they give a shit all season. So you know it, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. And, uh, and it's it's, you know, it's so disappointing because, like you say, you, you never want to think it, do you? But when it enters your mind, it just tells you something about the way in which the team of have performed really this season the the lack of desire the lack of fight the just the the total lack of application across the pitches is really <laughs> something to, to to cause distress amongst us and it really has um a lot of people 
we, we've mentioned this a few times now. We we as fan base don't really know where to point the finger and who to blame. Is it the players? Is it the manager? Is it the chairman? But Jim brought up a good point. The idea of you know it was the last home game. Normally, players come out and sort of say farewell at the end of the season. Uh, the manager, we we saw Sam Allardyce giving it the big one last time against uh, against Everton, jiving around the pitch with his jacket, dancing, pulling it off. Graham, mate, what did you make of uh, David Moyes' hasty exit down the tunnel? I mean, he came out and said afterwards that he didn't want to create um, some kind of poisoned atmosphere, so to speak. But what what did you think of it, mate? Bit late for that. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, well, what, what 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 Jim said really—it's like I think. Uh, look, I'm not going to hide it. I've, I've hated Moyes since about October, and I mean, hate's a strong word, but I'm I'm pretty much certain I mean it when I say it. Like, because for me, I've seen crap for some that I've seen Stephen Fletcher waltz around on like fifty grand a week, whatever it was, and Danny Graham on like thirty grand a week. Who, I mean, you always put the evidence it's probably unfair on someone like Danny Graham, but you, you know where I'm coming from. Like a bunch of players that are just they didn't care and they need to be motivated. And I've seen, and I, I mean this in the, in the with the most respect, but bad managers, daft managers, absolute lunatics like Paolo Di Canio hmm. get players fired up for a game and, and want to play. I've seen Poyet, who was I, 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 I like Poyet. I think most of us did for an extent, but even at points he was quite defeatist and he still got them up for a game. Allardyce, he got them up for games. Steve Bruce, he got them up for games. You can go back and every manager, O'Neill, like pretty much for the past, well, since we've been in the Premiership, shall we say, have got the players up at least for a period where we've had a bit of hope. And I think Damo mentioned that a few weeks ago. There's always been like a, a hope under these managers. And I think under Moyes, it's just slowly gone backwards and backwards. Like there's obviously problems elsewhere. I, I think it would be unfair to say that he's been given loads of money and he's been given like a wealth of, of quality players to work with and he's had the Kone situation and he's also got Ella Short who um wait you know Ella Short um he, he's had all that to deal with yes but every other manager's at least got a shift out the players at some point and I mean we're talking about players that are evidently not very good and don't give a shite m- much like the ones we've got now but mm-hmm. They've just gone so far backwards. And, uh, you know, for him to walk down the tunnel and say, I don't want to make it worse. Well, can you just keep on walking until you get into, like, the River Weir and just <laughs> fall into it? Because it would make everything so much easier for the majority of us who just don't want you here, mate. The reason everyone, the reason you went down the tunnel is because no one wants you here, mate. I, I know about 5% of the fan base, I feel like, now want us th- want him still there. I-, I-, I feel like the majority of the fan base just don't want him. And the fact that he's going down the-, the tunnel because he didn't want to make it worse, well, he must have a vague idea that the majority of them think he's absolutely clueless. Mm-hmm. Like, so if if he thinks that, if he thinks that he's going to get like a bit of like crap from the-, the-, the fans to the point where he'll walk down the tunnel and not, you know, not show a bit of balls and actually come out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, m- maybe if the majority of the fan base were female, you know, maybe he'll, he'll feel a bit more power with that because he's obviously a bit of a weirdo with that and he often slaps out probably is what he wanted to do, <laughs> the wee prick. But um, I, I, I'm i not a fan of him. Like, um, I think we've, we've garnered that much. I, I think he's an arsehole. I think he's an arsehole and a shite manager and certainly not good enough for this football club and this fan base. Nowhere near. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think a lot of the apathy is also born out of the fact that... Um, I honestly feel some people, and I find myself sort of flipping between two sides of the coin, so to speak, in the fact that on one hand, I'm so annoyed that there's limited like systems in play in the way that we play football. You know, how do we want to play? Do we play a possession game? Do we go direct? We don't see anything that suggests we have some coherent plan in place. But then, like you say, mate, there's like this enigmatic, ghostly, spectral character in Ella Short just hovers around the club, turns up at uh, youngsters' football dinners in the week as a guest speaker and yet can't speak in front of the fans, really, which honestly blows my mind. Uh, you've got the likes of Martin Bain in at the club who really are just a puppet, aren't they, for what Ellis, Ellis Short wants to do. And just we have no real understanding of what's going wrong, which honestly destroys so many people's hopes for the future. But I really, Jim, what do you make of this whole Moyes running down? You, you jumped in with that 
quick, like quick-witted little one-liner there. Too late. But what what do you think would have happened if Moyes had stayed out? Would the fan base have turned? What what would well, have happened? Well, the fan base. Tom, I think the fan base has already turned. I mean, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm generalising. I shouldn't speak for everyone there, but everyone I speak to thinks he's he's terrible and wants wants rid of him. If he'd have stayed out, he'd have got dog's abuse. But he deserves dog's abuse. It's the fact that he didn't have the bottle to stay there and take it. Mm. says a lot about him. I actually think that David Moyes, from harping back to Everton, I think the David Moyes of his Everton reign would have gone out and faced the music. I just think he's just he's half the man that he was. He's, just, he's, he's a manager that lacks charisma. He's a manager that's completely out of touch with modern footballers and modern tactics. There's no pattern to our play. Um, he's... Just, He's just, he's dire. He really is. And we have we have had some shocking managers, but I genuinely would put him up there with Howard Wilkinson now. I think he's that bad. Um, I mean, the style of football is just utterly, utterly, there is no style, is there, lads? There's absolutely no pattern at all. Yeah. There's, there's not. And it makes you laugh, really. I remember Jermaine Defoe being on goals on Sunday, first couple of months of the season, talking about how, because David Moyes had worked in Spain, he liked to do a lot of possession in training. And we worked on possession a lot. And then you watch us, we can't hold on to the ball, put two, one, two passes together. And it just, it's like, <laughs> you know, if, if, if that was the plan originally, what changed? Did he just decide that they weren't good enough to play possession football? And then was like, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll play two strikers on the wing, right? Because that, that's creative and that, that's productive. And we'll do it every week. Even though we we'll keep losing and it doesn't work, we'll keep doing it, all right? Because um, Fabio Barini's a better winger than Wabi Kazri or a better winger than even Lyndon Gooch. Players who have actually played on the wing in their career. Mm-hmm. Nah, tell you what, we'll, do, we'll keep playing strikers out wide, and it's like you know, it's he can he can bleat on and on and on and on about having his hands tied and about the limitations placed upon him, and I can totally sympathise with the majority of them. Don't get us wrong. I do think that there are genuine gripes there, but good managers can work with what they've got. Yeah. He is not a good manager. He hasn't been able to work with what he's got because he had it all on a plate at Manchester United. By the way, he was the successor of the, the greatest manager of all time with a massive budget and a fantastic squad, and he failed. He went to Spain, took over a team who I don't know a great deal about, but he wasn't there to, to more than two minutes, which makes us think you know he was probably doing a bad job. Then at Everton, obviously, towards the end of his reign, there was a sense among their fans that it was time for him to go. And you, I just wonder if he looked out, basically, because I I'd, I'd, I'd just watch us. I mean, we're obviously just waiting for the, for the season to finish. We're playing games now because we have to. And he doesn't particularly like this group of players. They don't particularly like him. From what I've heard, there could be a massive, massive exodus of players this, this summer. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, if the plan is to get behind David Moyes long term and and give him the reins to rebuild, then I, I don't want him to. But if that's what they're going to do, I want them to be fully behind it. I don't want them to half arse it like we have for the last few years, and I don't want them to, you know, continue to bring in short term measures. Really, players who are who are only here to fill gaps, mm. who are here because of the cheap, who are here because the, their injury records are terrible, because they can't get games at big clubs. I want us to start signing players that one genuinely want to be here and want to play for Sunderland and see this is a step up in their career and see this is an opportunity to grow. And then number two, obviously I want us to go out there and find a little bit of value for money. But I mean, stop buying shit off big clubs. It's that that it just you know, Rodwell, Yanazai, players like that are like. There's a reason they're at Sunderland. It's because the careers the careers. Trajectory really peaked, peaked before. Look how old Adnan Yanazai is. His his career peaked that day he scored twice against us at the Stadium of Life because he will never ever go any further than that because he is not a good footballer, you know. And we we are happy to take these players from the big clubs who see Sunderland as a step down and just don't want to be here. And that's what's got to change. If David Moyes is going to be given the time to rebuild Sunderland, then we need to get that right first and foremost. And even if it isn't under David Moyes, whoever the other, whoever the next manager is, whoever replaces him, should he should he leave, has to you know have the same idea of how we want to do things. Because I can take having bad managers; we've had plenty of them. I mean, generally they get sacked. But what I can't stand any longer, really, 
is watching players represent my club, really, who think they're doing us a favour, who don't want to be here, who can't wait to get out of the place, who think that living in the North East isn't the greatest thing in the world, which to me it is. I, I love the North East of England, and I think that anybody who, anybody who, you know, would rather be in London's an idiot because it's a shithole. Um, and just I can vouch bring for that. In, <laughs> just bring it. <laughs> I'm exiled down here. Just, just, you know, get it right off the pitch, but get it right on the pitch as well. Oh. We keep hearing about getting it right off the pitch, getting it right off the pitch. Well, for me, let's just start looking at what we're spending money at on, and, and, and working out from there whether or not, you know, we, we can go any further as a club. We're too, we're too set in our ways. We're too reliant on splashing money on players we think are just going to come in and make a difference when in reality they're just treading water and for me for me you know that has to start now we have to start looking at these out of contact players are they worth keeping probably not majority of them O'Shea might stay you know beyond that let's let's spend real money on making ourselves a solid championship club first and foremost if we get promotion great if we don't let's make sure that the, you know the steps are in place mm. to, to develop and you know, going back to uh, your, your point about Moyden, I, th- I think that the, the big thing where people are always going about like Moyden, his, his Everton career and stuff like that. And you know, I, I work with an Everton fan, and I know that's very much a Yada comment, but like I do work with an Everton fan, and I also obviously did that uh, that that video with the grand old team back in sort of January, February, whatever it was. And there's a few things I've mentioned about Moyes and his negativity and his kind of downbeatness, so he's, uh, if that's even a word. And they all kind of resonated with it. They're like, oh, is he? I, we had that. You said that sort of stuff. And I heard something that when he went into the uh, the Everton-Liverpool semi-final, I think it was when we had Martin O'Neill. And, and Moyes was coming out and saying, oh, well, you know, we're going in as like the complete underdogs and that. And at that point, Everton were actually above Liverpool in the league. Can you imagine any manager coming out if we got the mags and like an FA Cup semi-final going, oh, we're definitely the underdogs here. If we were above them in the league as well. Like, what is it with his negativity? I mean, I live in Glasgow. I love the place. But is it just where he was born? Is it just something that comes out in you or something? Or, like, what is his negativity all about? Like, it must be, it's obviously filtered through to us. But it must be filtering through to the players as well. And I mean, as much as they're all sackless pieces of shit, like that need to have more about themselves and whether they're like the manager or not, it, it does beg the question, doesn't it? Is it, is it all this negativity stemming from his appointment? It, like, I genuinely feel like mm-hmm. the only excuse people have are he did all right at Everton. But I've heard to the you know things that go against that to say that there was plenty of cracks in his, his spell when he was at Everton. I'm sure at one point they finished about 16th, 17th as well. It wasn't all there. Uh, Sunshine and Roses there either. So has he really had that much success apart from getting a good Everton side with good players seventh a couple of times and fifth a couple of times? I don't know. Maybe I'm being harsh. I don't know. Well, the thing with Everton Everton, um, comparison is interesting because everyone has this myth of, oh, David Moyes built Everton on a shoestring budget. Absolute bullshit. When they finished fourth, they had the fourth highest wage bill in the league. When they finished fifth or sixth, they had the fifth or sixth highest wage bill. He's always spent comparatively to where they finished. Like this myth that David Moyes is this master in the transfer market and master of building a club, I, I think it's absolute tosh. Like I, I, my real concern is Martin Bain and Ellis are putting so much faith in this man to build this club back. He he could do some seriously long long lasting damage here, mm-hmm. you know. Like why why give the, why should this man have the keys to the castle as it were? Why should he get, have the right to build our club? I've done absolutely nout to deserve it. Not for me. I agree. Maybe uh, he's threatened to like. Maybe he's threatened to, to slap him or something if he doesn't give him the keys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's a good point though, lads. Um, I, I, it's it's all uh, for you to, to look up, really, isn't it? All the statistics you want to look about how David Moyes did at Everton, go ahead and do it. But you're totally right. Um, he he didn't necessarily build them from the ground up. He did very well. He spent chunks of money on on very good players as well. Uh, one of those players who we've brought into the club has been the subject of some discussion this week. Jack Rodwell. Um, Moyes came out and was talking about Jermaine Defoe, who we'll sort of spend some time analysing in a few minutes. But talking about Jermaine Defoe's, um, the idea that there's there's a sort of clause in his contract that he can leave for free come the end of the season, 
due to relegation. There's been stuff come out in the papers recently, and I think it's definitely worth touching on because it's, it's it seems to be an issue that has everybody talking one way or the other. But apparently, Jack Rodwell doesn't have this relegation wage percentage clause drop. Now, going to put it out there. Anybody who wants to discuss it, if anybody has like a little bit of information, but it's it's something we've been asked the last sort of week or so by Sunderland fans since this broke in the press. Anybody want to jump in and just quickly pick up on that idea of the of the Jack Rodwell contract clause? I mean, he must be making a fortune out of us. I mean, how did he get? Was it five year contract? And he's on sixty odd grand a week. Lee Congerton's had an absolute nightmare there. He he's got to be one of the worst signings we've ever we've ever made, purely because of the amount of money that we've just completely spunked on him. Because he's he's completely gutless. Yes, he's been you know, um, plagued with injuries. But, like, even when he's been given a run in the team, we've, I think there's a few times this season we've said, oh, he looks like he's, he's played a little bit better. But I think that's just because of the dross that surrounds him. I, I honestly think we'll be stuck with Jack Rodwell until his contract expires. And it would be typical Sutherland to go and then give him another couple of years or something like that, much like Seb Larson. But he's, he's, they're the kind of players we need to step away from. You know, someone who was linked with big clubs when he was you know when he was a youngster played a couple of games for England and then you know he was a bit of a media darling mm. why we signed him purely on name we didn't sign him because he'd had a good season we, we, as Gav put earlier we, we need to be signing players who want them look to on the move, uh, look to be moving up in their career not someone who's looking for a last payday which is with so many times we seem to go after these players with big reputations and pay over the odds for them. Just <laughs> yeah, I know it's I, you know the thing with thing with Rodwell as well. I, I don't see who's going to buy him. I don't see who's going to take him off our hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you you look at some of the, the teams in the Premier League who maybe lack you know name power but have a functional unit, Bournemouth, for instance, Burnley, um, even those clubs. They wouldn't thank you for Jack Rodwell, and they've got like Dan Goslin playing for them, Bournemouth. You know what I mean? And, and players like that, and you just kind of wonder where it is where we'd be able to palm them off on those wages with the fee in mind that were paid. Who's who's going to take him? He's coming with us in the championship, whether we like it or not. Um, he's got another two years to run on his contract, and I just don't see who's going to have him unless the club decide to completely cut the losses and just let him go. Then who's going to take him? And it's it's again, like I said earlier, it's indicative of the mistakes we've made in the short. Really, a lot of money spent on somebody who's only got a relegation on his CV. Really, mm-hmm. that's that's it. He's he's a, you know, I feel it feels like it's it's harsh, you know, giving Rodwell a bit of stick this week, considering he didn't play or anything. But it's more the general topic of conversation on why we are headed where we are, and it's yeah. players like Jack Rodwell and it's players like Barini and it's players like Stephen Fletcher, and it's players like Danny Graham, where we've outlaid a hell of a lot of money on somebody who, in in truth, is nothing more than a short-term fix, a squad player, um, so, someone who who has, you know, done nothing of note to justify being here. Mm-hmm. And I kind of now, now, looking forward, we, we aren't going to be spending huge amounts of money because if we, if we do, and... You know, head into the championship and start plucking from, you know, the lower reaches players, players who play for the likes of Bristol City, and you know, spending big amounts of money because that's they're probably going to command big fees because that, those are the best players at the end of the day. We're, we're going to really, you know, struggle to 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 fill the squad really. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at like how much he's going to have to spend, and I'm worried. I'm really worried that yeah. we're just going to see more loans. More free transfers, um, and we're, we're gonna we're gonna essentially be buying you know crap from from teams even in that league because you know we struggled to convince a championship player to come to Sunderland last summer. Alfie Mawson had the choice of Swansea and Sunderland and didn't want to come here. We were told flat out he didn't want to come here. Went to Swansea and you know coincidentally since Clement arrived he's been he's been one of the best players and it's it's stuff like that I'm worrying about because we're we're talking about right Sunderland need to have. A squad filled with players who are happy to be here, this and the other, which is great. But how many top players in the championship are going to want to come to Sunderland? Really? 
when there's when there's when there's big players, big, big clubs, you know, in this league who are going to be competing with us on similar budgets. It's and we're perceived as failing. Now our manager is, you know, players talk. It's a small world, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there'll all there'll be players who know, players who play for us, mm-hmm. and you know they're not going to be given glowing references as David Moyes, that's for sure. So I'm 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 kind of worried about what's to come. I think I think that's going to be a difficult summer. I think that you know. It's probably I, I know I know I said earlier that David Moyes needs to be back fully, but then on, at the same time, it's like, do we trust him really? Do we trust him to sign the players that are going to get us out of that division? And I don't, I don't at all. The David Moyes paradox to back him or not? Um, just to clear up for anybody who's wondering why we jumped onto this this issue of Jack Rodwell, there was um, an article in the Sun this week. I know, cross your fingers into the crucifix, the Sun. Uh, but David Coverdale came out and said that essentially that Jack Rodwell was signed uh, for big money, well, over £10 million, obviously, back in 2014, and that he had like a, a big contract, four or five-year contract, worth sixty grand a week, was, was David Coverdale's sort of intro to this. He then turned around and said that he'd spoke to David Moyes, and David Moyes had said, and he quotes this in his article, I believe there is one player um, who has but I think the rest are. And what he was talking about there was the relegation wage drop. All of the players are supposed to have a 40% pay cut in their contract, but apparently Rodwell didn't. Okay, And David Coverdale probed him a little bit further and asked, and Moy said, I believe it is all 40%. David Coverdale said, you know, if the player he was talking about who didn't have it was Rodwell, Moyes replied, yes. Okay, So there's an issue there. Has, has Jack Rodwell essentially managed to bag himself another couple of years um, playing potentially in the championship earning 60 grand a week is the big issue there but it also brought up this this issue that David Moy seemingly has with Jermaine Defoe and the fact that Jermaine Defoe has something in his contract that lets him leave on a free in the event of the relegation David Moyes admitted that he was very surprised by it. Uh, he came out and said, I would hope if I was manager, I would not have a contract which would have allowed somebody to leave in that situation. What price might we have got for Jermaine if we had gone down, albeit at his age? There would have been a decent price on Jermaine's head, and we've not got that. He said, essentially, though, in January, that the money we were offered was not good enough to turn our heads. But it just, it, you're right, lads, it brings up this total issue with the club of who the fuck is sorting out these deals and contracts. Uh, we've spoke quite a lot recently um, sort of as writers between ourselves about the system the club's approach uh, sort of adopted or sort of used over the last few years we we, we sort of brought in the director of football we abandoned it very quickly um, and now we're kind of swimming around hoping David Moyes and a fellow who we've brought in as a director of football and operations are going to be able to put some very clear strategy in place that, number one, brings us back to the Premier League within three years. Otherwise, we're going to be hemorrhaging money at that point, even with relegation wage drops. There's only one team in the championship who turned a profit in the last year, and that was Wolves, who were bought by a new owner. Everybody else lost money. Teams are spending over 160% of their turnover on players' wages insane sums of money so it is definitely important that we scrutinise this idea of who's bringing in people like Jack Rodwell on 60 grand a week and not inserting a contract um, talking about Jermaine Defoe though and the idea that you know he's guaranteed to leave that was his last home game Graham mate what are your thoughts on Defoe I know you've written about him a couple of times this year Jermaine Defoe is he right to leave has he been crap the last few weeks how should we view him after his time's up uh, I, I mean, I love Jermaine Defoe. I think he, he's been poor the last few weeks and, and whatnot. But, I mean, it's a bold statement to make. But in my lifetime, and I mean, we're talking Kevin Phillips now, Quinn. He's personally, I think, the best all-round striker that we've had. And I think we've had some good ones. And, I mean, I don't like to say his name too loudly, but Darren Bent was another one. But I'll remember Jermaine Defoe well. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget the goal he scored against the scum and, and the goal against Chelsea. I mean, they were... There were moments in pretty dark seasons that I'll, I'll hold with me as close as I did, well, almost as close as the night we got to Wembley and the, the nights like Burnley at home. I think he's brilliant and I think, you know, he's, he's played for a lot of different managers and he's probably been sold a project by what would have been Congan and Poyet originally. Um, that hasn't really worked out and he, he's yeah, he's tried his best last season when there was points when he was not even in the team last season before, uh, like at the start of Allardyce's reign and under Advocar and 
you know, he's, he's, there's been points when he's almost been playing at left back for us when Advocar was here. And obviously more recently is a, a lone centre forward and he's always continued to score goals. And uh, he's been poor since about Palace. He, he has been poor, but I mean, he cannot do it all on his own. And I think, I think if anything, the kind of look of him being pissed off recently, I don't think it's anything against the club and, and, and wanting to leave or the fans. I think he's probably hurting as much as we are. If, if there's one person or two people on that pitch, I trust that to give a shite about what I think and, and what we think collectively as fans um, and the club in general. I think Jermaine Defoe and people like Jordan Pickford are like that. Um, so personally, I think he, he's right to go. He deserves better. Um, I think he's deserved better for quite a while. I think if he hadn't gone to Toronto and, and probably damaged his reputation as, well, many people thought he was finished. You remember the what the headlines were like when he came here? Um, saying he was finished, how much you were paying him was a disgrace and all that sort of stuff. Um, I don't think he would have ever been here, though, if he didn't sort of damage his reputation a little bit by going to Toronto. Um, I think he's always been a level above, you know, our mm-hmm. our quality of players around us. And he's stuck around. He's, he's wore his heart on his sleeve. He's connected with the people. Obviously, he's connected with little Brad and he gets the area. He spoke about it, you know, good length. He never pushed for a move in January when... We were, you know, up shit creek, up shit's creek without a paddle, um, and it was looking quite ominous. We might go down. So, yeah, I mean, he's not been great the past few weeks, but I, I've got a trust in Jermaine Defoe that that's more him hurting and probably affecting his form. I'll always remember him well. Um, I think he's a terrific striker. I think he's a good bloke, and I think he's one of the only people I've known in in my lifetime that is not only quality. Uh, genuinely a, a quality footballer a quality bloke and someone who's got the area mm-hmm. um and I, I believe him I, I know Darren Bent said similar and then buggered off to Villa but I, I believe Jermaine Defoe and I think the proof's in the pudding that he's only really certain to leave when um we've, we've gone down to a league that he's, he's simply too good for a year before a World Cup so yeah I, I love him I think he's got to go and I think he, I think he's deserving of that move I'll just be sad to see him go because he's 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 almost irreplaceable a striker of that level it was it was quite interesting actually hearing Moyes talk about him. I think it was after the game, and he and he said that he hopes he stays. Um, which, you know, twigged me. I was I was kind of thrown by that. I, I didn't ex- you know from even say that makes us wonder. You know, have they even had the conversation yet? I presume they have. Um, but you know, I think everyone knows Defoe's stance. Like like Graham says, he he's the. Uh, from a World Cup um, and really deserves to be playing Premier League football. He's far too good for the championship, even at his age. You know, he's proven that he can still score goals in a poor side. You know, there's going to be a queue of, queue of clubs waiting for Jermaine Defoe. And, you know, who can blame him, really? You, you know, he's, he's as much as he's being adored at this club, you've got to realise that throughout his time here, He's been played out of position. He's not had enough support. He's not had enough creativity behind him. Um, he's played as part of a team which has lost a lot of games. Uh, and at his age, he probably just wants to go somewhere and enjoy his football again. Which, to me, since he since he got called up to to play for England and he scored in that game, he hasn't he hasn't really put a shift in. Which I think is maybe I wouldn't I would never accuse a player of not trying. But I think he's hung out again. The England team was probably what kept him going for a long time. And, you know, now he's hit that milestone. He's maybe, like the rest of us, just waiting for the summer and waiting to, you know, work out his next move of his career. Mm-hmm. And he's he's kind of, he's hamstrung in a way. I know, I know I don't really want to talk about too much, but, you know, there's this thing with Bradley Lowry's. There's a lot of pressure being placed on his shoulders, you know, you think about that think about how much you know he's been used as a figurehead for you know this this uh, campaign I guess to raise money Defoe's been at the front of it the whole time with this this little lad who just adores him and it kind of makes you you know it's a shame that it's ended this way because ultimately he's going to leave and you know the implications afterwards I wouldn't even want to think about how, it, how it's going to pan out but ultimately Jermaine Defoe's been a, a fantastic servant for Sunderland really nobody expected it to turn out as good as it did 
I, I, I certainly didn't. I, I thought we were buying a bomb when he came. I saw it was a risk that we had to take in the January window because we needed goals. Mm-hmm. It paid off massively, and and you know he he leaves Sunderland with his head held high for me, and and with his best with our best wishes at heart because ultimately we haven't you know seen a striker that good for a considerable amount of time, and but, pff, he's gonna he's gonna score goals wherever he is, and he and he and he deserves to end his career playing for England. Deserves to end his career in the Premier League. And he doesn't deserve to be. Dragged further down with Sunderland, as sad as it's to say, really. Yeah, I totally agree, mate. Um, I do think he'll leave with real positive notes around him going out. I really don't think any fans will sort of be bitter with the way in which he's gone. I, I do think, though, that the, the furor surrounding his sort of his, his leave come the end of this season is again down to the, the inadequacy of the way in which the club have handled the whole matter. We could have got some money from, but we won't. I know it's hard for for some people, Sunderland fans out there, to get that into their heads. That you know, it's it's Jermaine Defoe's prerogative. It's his contract. He's the one who came in. Essentially, he's the one who's done us a favour. In all honesty, I think a lot of other teams would have taken him, but he's done fantastically well. He essentially fired us to safety last year, and he's done remarkably well this year as well. It's it's our fault we didn't buy somebody to support him in January. Um, but moving on, we've had a couple of good questions on Twitter. I really like one of them from a lad called Craig Metcalf. His tag is at Metcalf underscore Craig. He says, and it's a big question really, and I think we should spend just a little bit of time talking about it. He mentioned, how can we get a positive feeling back at SAFC after this horrific season? Will it ever come back if Moyes is here? Jim, can we actually get anything positive back into the club with Moyes here? Does he have the potential to, to turn this around? I don't think so, but I think what we're going to have to do as fans is <clears throat> almost set our opinions aside. And if he, you know, and if he is going to be the manager next year, we just have to get behind him. Um, there's there's no point in moaning um, and thinking, you know, we we need a different manager. If the board and if they want to, this is their man and they want to stick by him, we have to get behind him. We have to have to hope that he can rediscover some um, some ability. Uh, rediscover the kind of form he had in his previous in his career. Um, I very much doubt it. I think the start the start of next season will be absolutely huge. I think if he gets off to a good start and we can build a bit of momentum, he might be all right. But I, can you imagine if he if he loses his first couple of games or you know we're sitting lower mid table come come October? I, I think that's when you'll see the fans fully turn on him. You know, a la Bruce versus Wigan, that kind of um, mass uh, turnaround. Because at the moment, there are a lot of fans who are still behind them. And, you know, that's their prerogative. That's fine. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, obviously, I'm not. But if, if he is our manager next year, we will 100% get behind him. I think us as a, as, a, as, a, as a medium for, you know, we put a lot of fans' opinions out there. We'll, we will all get behind him and hopefully he'll do a good job. But he has to start well. He has to. Um, it's imperative. I agree. And we got another really interesting question from a lad called Steve Barker in his tags at Stared75. He says, uh, how long after the last game do you think the club will announce its plans for next season? The fans deserve to hear quick, decisive, positive action. Does anybody think at this point, is that useful? Is it not useful? Um, you know, like, is... It's it's something that needs to be sort of argued or discussed, the idea of, you know, the plans. We don't know what's going on. We don't know if Moises having talks about leaving. We don't know what kind of player we're really going to go for, other than the fact that they're supposed to be young and British. I mean, if you look at the statistics, championship sides make very little money from player sales, believe it or not. It's almost like a catch-22 situation whereby a player is great in the championship, but a premiership team aren't willing to take a risk on spending big money on them. Um, Ipswich, great example, sold um, a boatload of players and made about £16 million, in all honesty. So not an absolute fortune to be made from cultivating good young players in the championship. But, I mean, Gav, do you reckon like, we deserve to hear plans? Like, Is that something a club can do? Or do we just kind of sit and take what's given to us? Nah, they have to be more open. I mean, we can write this season off and you know, acknowledge we're starting fresh, but as part of that change, the fans have to be more involved. And, you know, 
I don't mean in decision making, but I mean I mean we have to be kept more up to date on what's going on. It's just as simple as that. I remember last summer, um, before Moyes even came in, I remember the club putting out statements on various things and it, and it threw everyone because everyone was like, well, they're a bit open here, yeah? you know. Mm-hmm. That all that all disappeared. You know, once the season started, I remember. I remember, for instance, Sant unfilling his medical. The club released a statement on it. Great, being coming out and talking um, at length in videos on scfc.com. Great, you know, that's what we want to hear. We want to hear what you're doing. Right. We don't want. We don't want. You know, hiding, hiding behind David Moyes is no good anymore. Really, short being whoever else is involved in the run of this club. Really, they need they need to front up more and they need to be honest. And they need to just remind the fans of what it is they're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Because until they do, how can any of us get behind what this plan is? We don't know what it is, apart from the fact they want David Moyes to head it up. We don't know what the, what the plans are. So for me, for me, if they, if they don't if they don't start being more transparent, then we aren't going to progress in the championship. We're going to linger. We're going to be another you know derby, or we're going to be another. Mm-hmm. Any any of the clubs who've been who've dropped out of the Premier League in the last ten years who are just milling around the Championship, that is quite conceivable. That could be us. Yeah. We, that could be us. And to separate us from the rest, we we have to be different. We have to approach things differently. Just like Roy Keane did when he came in and he and he and he swept some of our feet. The reason that that worked was because we had the edge over every other club in that league. Now what what are they going to do to make sure that we have the edge in this league? Yeah. And. And in terms of the transfers and, and buying players, you know, tell us what what you're looking for. Are you are we looking to, to to buy players that are going to make money down the line? Are we going to follow a model of another club like Southampton, who, you know, have effectively a director of football in charge, who regardless of which players leave and which managers leave, they have they have everything lined up. Mm-hmm. Are, we, are we going to head that way because you know they've been key appointments at the club? Yeah. Um, which would indicate that that may be the case. So if that is the case, start talking about it more. They don't. They don't lose anything from doing that, apart from, um, you know, keeping the fans on the toes really and, and letting us know where they're taking us. And I, and I think for for next season, really, I'm I'm not. I think regardless of who was signing in the summer, um, it would be foolish to expect, you know, us to rebound immediately. So we have to be able to see what they're doing. We have to be able to see that that's been taken into consideration. Yeah. Look, we might not go up the first time around, but we're buying players that after a year or two are going to be good enough to get us out of this league. Then great. I want to hear stuff like that. Yeah. And the more the more that we do hear about it, obviously, the more in touch we can get with people like David Moyes who have just distanced themselves so much from the supporters. I totally agree. I think Martin Bain uh, was, I don't want to say criminal, because like you say, there has been some attempt at connecting with the fans, which was a positive to begin with. But, you know, when even he was probed at the beginning of the season, he said we have to get better at player trading, we need to buy players, which we look to then shift on at a profit. And I, I totally agree with that, don't get me wrong. And it's nice to hear that there is some idea or some semblance of the outline of a plan. But, you know, young British players you're going to buy in cheap, they're never cheap. So it almost seems sort of unreasonable, some some of the expectations they've set. But I do think you're right, uh, we're not expecting some kind of manifesto or intricately detailed plan about who we're going to bring in for how much and sell on at how much and what kind of contract. But it would be nice to hear them say something like, we're going to look for, for locally sourced talent, or we're going to look for players who see this as a step up. We haven't heard any of that, none of the, the buzz, all we've heard is sort of business-heavy um generic statements really and that's not what we want as fans we want something we can get behind you know if he says we're going to go and look for some someone who's passionate about moving at the area who sees this as a big club who thinks that they can enhance their career with this club and take us back to where we belong it's that easy that's all we need to hear as fans and we'll get behind you know and we we don't hear that and you're right and david moyes has distanced himself and come out and basically pushed a, a million on excuses as a, as a buffer for his own failures and it's just it's so disappointing I guess one positive thing to look forward to this week is the under-23s are in action on Wednesday night at home. Stadium alight, you can still get tickets, ladies and gents. Um, It is free, but the club are asking that you you get a ticket in advance. Uh, That is a positive. We get to see some of the the youth prospects, and perhaps if they have a good game, they'll be given an opportunity to show their worth in the coming final two games. Just a, a quick few minutes talking about these final two games... Arsenal still in for 
the top four, have to win the game on Tuesday night against us down at Highbury. And Chelsea <laughs> are really want to want to go out with a bang on that last weekend. I don't think they'll they'll take the game lightly. Um, like, what do we do at this point? Like, do we just give it a go? Do we still put that same bunch of absolute dross out there? Highbury, sorry, talking about the Emirates, my bad, still stuck in the 90s. Um, but do we keep putting that dross out there? Or <laughs> do we actually give the young lads a chance to prove their worth? It's 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 a big question. Uh, Jim, if, if you don't mind jumping in this one, mate, last couple of games of the season, are we just going to carry on with this absolute hiding to nothing? Or, or, or is there an opportunity to build yeah. some momentum? Well, no, not with the, the, the teams we're facing. As long, to be fair, as long as they, it'd be nice to see a few more of the youngins. As long as they, as long as they see a bit more bottle, um, with the games being away as well for all those fans that are travelling. Because I, I think both games are sold out from away fans' perspective, which just just shows how good the, the support is. So as long as they do them, you know, proud and, you know, they, actually to be fair, they they might play better away from home without you know the pressure of being. Um, pressure of that many Sunderland fans, you know, with, with so much apathy around the ground. I, I think we'll get beat in both ties. I think Arsenal are in fantastic form at the moment. Um, I can only imagine, you know, them winning by two, three goals and Chelsea will probably do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just have to hope that, you know, a bit of, gain a bit of momentum over the summer and start next season well. Um, that's all we can hope for. I agree. Graham, mate, what do you think? You think give the youngsters a chance or is this going to cripple their confidence if they come up against the, the, the likes of Arsenal at Chelsea with a bit of swagger? What do you reckon, mate? What what should we do these last couple of games? What's like the, the prerogative or the imperative for David Moyes to do here? I think uh, I would play the young boys personally. I think, you know, if we get beat... The thing is, we'll probably get beat 2-3-0 and it'll probably be early on, much like yesterday. And I don't think... I think young lads are hungry. I don't think going to Arsenal or Chelsea and getting beat two three nil would would hinder them too much. I think it would be an experience for them, and um, I, I don't think it would harm them too much. I think we're, we're probably being a little bit unfair on the young lads. I think a lot of the time, you know, you speak to players about when they were young and, and the first few games and stuff like that, and, and how they felt, and it's it's never nervous or out like that. They're always like out hungry, wanting to prove a point. And I'm, I'm sure the players will be like that. I mean, realistically, what are we going to benefit from playing Jason Denier or, um, you know, it's Billy Jones? Like, what, what are we going to gain from that? Not much. Um, I, I would play the young boys. I would just go for it. I would be, I would be quite content if he put out eleven young boys, like alongside Pickford and and say Defoe or something like. That. I know Defoe's going, but like, it would be a good experience for like. Say someone like uh, oh, like a Soro or something like that, or, or or the other young lads up top with him um, to to learn from him while he's still at the club. But gen- yeah, I think we should go for it. I think you know we're going to get beat. I, I don't think young lads are going to have the confidence not too much. And the the one thing I've liked about the young lads like Honeyman and Gooch is that they do the one thing I ask for. Like as a fan, that they actually try. Like they, they run about, and you know I think some of them like a bit of quality, but they give it a go. And I'd, I'd rather watch. A Sunderland team get beat five six nil. If I'm honest, if if there's a bunch of young lads giving it a go, then you know two or three nil, and, and watch a load of lads not giving like a shit, like but maybe a, a bit better quality. Um, I think we're going to be relying on the young boys much more next season because we're absolutely skint. Millions of players are going to go. No one's going to necessarily want to come in. So the likes of Gooch, Honeyman, if he's fit, um, ledges away. I think at the minute in, in Norway currently, but players like like Beadlin and stuff like that let's just give them a bash see, see what they're like see see if they're actually good enough to play for like a championship club and and give them the first taste of a few games because if we don't if they've got to play the start of next season then you've got like a bunch of young lads like people like Beadlin and that who've never played in the first team and, and Asoro's had 20 minutes here or there in a couple of games in the cup you're going to be playing players in, in important league games next season that haven't had any experience so I don't think there's any negatives towards playing young lads not in games like this because we're expected to get beat so if they get beat I don't think the confidence is going to be hit at all and I think as fans we're sick and tired of seeing shite like Barini walk around and sulk so let's just put some young lad I've never heard of in the team or someone like Embleton or someone like that just go for it why not uh, I don't know <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm kind of on the fence with that like just because of who we're playing I think if we were facing teams who had nothing to play for, then it would be a great idea. But, I mean, Arsenal really need a win to stand any chance, really, of of going into the final weekend and and 
being able to you know qualify for Champions League football, so they're going to really go for it. Um, so playing defensive players against a side like that might, might you know not be the greatest idea. I do think that playing play, people like like Honeyman is is a good idea because he's of the right age. If he's fit to play, then great, put him in. Um, but even the Chelsea game last game of the season, you know. Homecoming in front of that, in front of their own fans, collecting the the league trophy. It's like I don't know. I don't know whether it's worth playing them. What, what do we stand again? Really? Maybe one of them has a good ten minutes here or there. Maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's worth it. Really? I, and, and and in truth, in truth, we'll probably stand again more from putting someone like Barini on the pitch because if he even plays half decent, then somebody might take notice and like <laughs> buy him off us foolishly. So. <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not uh, sold on playing them in these games. I think if it'd been like last season when we played Watford last game of the season and neither of us had anything to play for, and, and in turn, uh, Allardyce put people like Reese Greenwood in the team who you know he's had a pretty shit year this year, but he hadn't last year, and you know he played all right in that game, and it was because there was no pressure on it. Mm-hmm. I think going to a place like Arsenal or Chelsea and expecting any of these kids to play. Is a little difficult. I'm not sure it's worth it. If I'm tr- if I'm truly honest, yeah, I don't yeah. want to watch Darren Gibson anymore. Though I don't <laughs> want to watch Darren Gibson anymore. I didn't want to watch them. Well, get rather... used to it, mate. Get used to it because he's going nowhere. Can we not play with like seven men or something? Because we're going to get beat anyway, aren't we? We'll just <laughs> well, meet in the middle. I'll get used to it. I'll get used to it because Gibson's going nowhere. He's going to be playing every week, every week next year. Yeah, I think. <sighs> I think. I think that's why he's here. I think he was signed for the championship, and uh... you know that's what we're, that's. Well, you, 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 you moan, but I mean, when we're expected to play a bit more possession-based football and... But he kind of passed the ball. You know, well, <laughs> I don't know about that. I think I think it's it's tough to judge Premier League players as championship players yet. I think we'll have to see what, how that goes, we, we, you know. I think, I, I just think there is, there is. Hence, people like John Joe Shelby... Um, <laughs> Standing out in that league when he's dross, you know. Uh, what I mean, like yeah, that's kind. Of, that's where I'm looking at Gibson, and I'm thinking he might be able to do something in the championship when we'll probably be expected to dominate the ball a lot of the time, which will suit his game. Not pressing around the pitch and chasing. It'll be Gibson getting on the ball and playing the ball forward, which is inevitably all he's good at, really. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think I don't think he'd be too bad in that league. But you know, we're going off the point a little. More, more the point really is that I think just these two games are too big for. For any of the kids, I think if we were going to play any of them, it should have been a while ago. Now, like <laughs> maybe that Bournemouth game when when relegation was confirmed, we knew we were going down anyways. But in front of the home fans, it could have gave us a bit of a spark. I think everything since has it's been a little bit difficult to justify it, really. Yeah, I totally agree. I think we're sort of in between the two. You're right. Um, since relegation, we've only really had a couple of games. Hull, Swansea, uh, maybe might have been the time to chuck youngsters in and just give them a go. Uh, obviously, no, none of them will be playing this Tuesday. Who will be involved in in the game on on Wednesday night, the the European final for the under twenty threes? But I think Chelsea. You never know. Maybe why not at least give one or two a, a quick run out, give them twenty minutes here or there. Why not? Um, just just give them a chance to to soak in the atmosphere, so to speak. Um, really, that's sort of all we have time for. In in all honesty, uh, another disappointing week on Wearside. Relegation confirmed weeks ago. Gutless display at the weekend. But a final thought, um, really no matter how the performance uh, happens or how it goes, we're really going into this this final week of Premier League season and it's fair to say that that there's a good chance we might not see the Premier League again for some while. So with that in mind, I guess we've we've got to take some joy from whatever the players can muster in the capital this week to to really sort of bid farewell to the Premier League, the, the cruel mistress that the Premier League is. I guess there's a lot to be said for momentum as well, but more than anything, the Sunderland fans just need some kind of closure, some kind of reassurance, and we have to ensure that we see some commitment, some energy, and really just some pride for, like the lads have said, for the travelling supporters who go down there, uh, because in all honesty, our fans, um, second to none, simply amazing. Uh, anybody who feels down at the end of this god-awful season, just remember that, that the football never really ends, does it? There'll be plenty of tears, plenty of trials in the in the the coming seasons so really it's hard to say but just try to sit back relax enjoy the final bow of a team the likes of which we'll hopefully never ever see again so 
Um, that's that, so to speak. Thank you to Gav, Graham, and Jim for joining me this week. Uh, tune in again next week for for our final episode. Perhaps sneak another episode in midweek. Um, up for debate as of yet. And really, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. We've got iTunes and Acast. Remember to check the website www.rokerreport.com. Some great articles from real talented Sunderland fans. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is the Roker Report signing off. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.